Rebag is a luxury resale marketplace. They have a curated collection of investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry. Each piece is carefully vetted and verified by experts. You can buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Hermes, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. That's Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. Betches Media presents... I would like to speak to America's men for one minute. That slacker barista. I start getting full of emotion. Now we're going to build this new bridge here. Can I provide a definition? Mm-hmm. No, I can't. Betches Up Podcast. Like, how are people surviving? Hello, I'm Amanda Dubarin. I'm Elise Morales. I'm Millie Tamaris. And this is the Betches Up Podcast, where C-SPAN meets the group chat to help you process and laugh at the biggest topics in U.S. news and politics. Today, we're so excited to be joined by Nalini Stamp, the National Director of Strategy for the Working Families Party. Thank you so much for joining us. We are so close to the midterms, and I am thrilled to chat to you about it. Thanks for having me. I I, I love this podcast. I love y'all. And, you know, there's so much tea right now. There really is. <laughs> Leading up to the midterm. So let's get into it. Absolutely. <laughs> tea. Luckily, you know, Kanye recognized the slow news cycle and it has continued, continued yeah. to act out. But this time it's really, I mean, I don't want to say it's on another level because the past, I mean, you've, you've done really incredible content on it. Alini explaining why some of his actions are so, so egregious. Over the weekend, you know, we're here to talk to you all about the Working Families Party and some big races this fall and some of the really creative and cool programming you're doing around it. But you have joined us for our first podcast recording since Kanye West. (laughs) Violent anti-Semitic remarks on several social media platforms. So we do have to acknowledge this as we, you know, start our conversation today. So Kanye first said on Instagram that uh, Sean Diddy Combs was controlled by Jewish people, which is, of course, an anti-Semitic trope. Then Kanye went to Twitter. To the delight of Elon Musk, Elon Musk was like, glad to have you back, but then probably put his foot in his mouth because then, maybe not though, Kanye went on to tweet that he would go to death con three on Jewish people. So over the weekend, we're going to, I got married over the weekend, Nalini, and I was seeing some of these headlines. I guess as I was doing the horror, Kanye West was wishing death con three. I saw the headlines. I was like, I'm ignoring this. I was like, maybe he did, you know, surely he did a coded, a coded reference to being violent to Jewish people. But um, obviously, this is not that. So both Twitter and Instagram took down the respective posts and locked Kanye's account. But, you know, the background of this is that, you know, obviously Kanye West, this is sort of this is a pattern of behavior that often precedes something really, really scary and dangerous. And also there's all these other horrifying factors here. It's hell because one of Elon Musk's for Twitter is to allow more free speech, speech like this. And then also politics plays a role. There's a law in Texas that hasn't taken effect yet, but would prevent social media companies from censoring a certain types of speech. So like I said, just just the worst fucking Mad Libs you ever, ever want. Not Mad Libs. Texas has electricity. Right, right. Don't they have bigger problems? Sorry. So you guys can educate me. He said Death Con 3 on Jewish people. I thought DeathCon was a spaceship or something, like some sci-fi Isn't it reference. originally DeathCon? Like, it's supposed yeah. to be. It's not even, like, he didn't even have to say death. He really added that, um, added that in himself. I don't think he was loyal at all to the original, the original. Intent. So what is no. the original no. meaning, not, though? This is like, let's, can you explain it to me like you did Let's Go Brandon? Because... <laughs> 
death. Yeah, it's Con. certain levels. It's like certain levels of attack. Oh. No, exactly. It's about levels of a chat. It's like defense ready something. I, I don't know what the con is, but it's literally a military term of like a t- like levels of attack. So when the military okay. is like trying to prepare of like, okay, what's our response? It's like DEFCON. Yeah. Okay. I Googled it. DEFCON stands for the defense readiness condition. And for so we're always in some state of defense readiness, but DEFCON 3 is increased readiness. This is a lot of this is a lot of understanding of defense readiness for the working families party. Yeah. <laughs> well, we do organize we we do organize veterans of the military. We have a vet, like yeah. vets for the people. So I've been around a lot of veterans. Yeah. Um yeah. and I've learned some things along yep. the way. And yeah. this unfortunately, I never thought I was going to be able to use it in a Kanye reference or, you know, but this is this is where we're at. And it's also like the Tucker Carlson appearance happened too. It's just thing oh after thing after thing at this Tucker point. Tucker Carlson. Well, I'm an idiot because I definitely thought this was a star like Star Trek reference. Oh something. no, he wants to um un- unleash the not quite the full power of the military, but 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 just on Jewish people. Yeah. And this is just like Obviously, just like a immediately vengeful response. Like yeah. I don't know if Kanye, maybe he does have, he probably has, does have a history of of, of vaguely anti-Semitic remarks. But I don't understand where he goes next and how far this goes before he like incites violence or he causes violence or he hurts himself. But it's a lot. It's it's a lot. It's wild. And the other thing that's like kind of, it's like you would think. All the, the fact that he had a platform for Fashion Week, the, plat, the the fact that he keeps getting these major platforms, you would think that people would start to pull out and like actually, you know, because that's the thing. They, I mean, it happened with DaBaby, all this stuff. As soon as you attack their bag, they're like, oh, I'm so sorry. And, you know, they go to their notes on their iPhones and they make yeah. an apology. Um, and it's just, yeah, I think that we're, it's just, I'm just kind of like, when will people stop stop giving him a platform yeah i kind of feel like for me he's been so far gone i think that after like he was basically fat phobic to uh gabriella carifa yep um and that backfired on him hard because he thought he could like fat shame and talk shit about this girl and like and it backfired where people of influence even vogue defended her i think that this was his next step and, um, you know, I think there's been, you know, discourse about like, how is nobody appalled about, but it's just like, Kanye has been saying crazy, like slavery was a choice and like all this crazy stuff for like years. And I, I guess to me, I still have friends and even some people in my family who like, I don't think they agree with any of this stuff, but they're still holding on to mm-hmm. the nostalgia and they'll still go see a yay fashion show or yay or mm-hmm. go to the concert or stuff. Mm-hmm. And they haven't let it go yet. And I feel like he's making it so impossible for people who are like, can't let, you know, <laughs> you can't let it go. And also my, like, again, nothing he does make sense. These are very serious uh, things to say about an entire community. But what gets me is I don't understand how, like, he said the P. Diddy thing because basically anytime someone speaks out against him or, like, I think a lot of people try to call him in privately. Hey, you need to stop. And he posts everything on on Instagram. Uh, But I'm just like, 
what Jewish agenda is P. Diddy, and P. Diddy advancing? Like, do Jewish people really want Ciroc in every like bar? Do Jewish people want yes. like? I don't mind. <laughs> like bad R&B groups, or not bad, I would say, but R&B groups to never get paid. Like, what is, like, what is the Sean Covey like, agenda? I have no idea. <laughs> it does remind me, though, like in his his last tirade against Kim, which, you know, his behavior against her has been escalating and all over the place as well. In his last thing to Kim and Chris, he was like, call the Clintons. Like you get your friends, Hillary to like whatever. So my only remaining question, honestly, with Kanye is when does he publicly join Truth Social? Mm-hmm. I mean, exactly. Because that, I mean, within I feel like soon enough he's going to get on Truth Social and yeah. start truthing. Yeah. Or before Elon Musk is like, we have to keep him on Twitter because otherwise he'll just go right. to Truth Social. So it's interesting because everything everyone's referencing is like, he cannot be deplatformed. Literally, the platforms are the people potentially responsible. I mean, right now he's not on Twitter, but the but the Twitter that Elon Musk wants and might be forced to have, I guess, it does allow, would, would allow for this. And also just like individuals continue to, I mean, it's just crazy. I, I personally think that it's... It, it's crazy he had an audience at that fashion show at all. That and that yeah. started this that started this like cascade effect this time. Yeah, like that the Vogue editor was there at all. Like yeah, exactly. she's doing her job, I guess, but why why send why send her there? No, they should have been like, this is trash. Like no more. Agreed. And the thing that's crazy too is just like he is the the for me it's just like I cannot believe that he cannot see himself being used. Obviously, I know that he has he has mental health issues, bipolar syndrome, and like especially um, bipolar disorder, and especially when he said he's not been taking meds and all of these things. Like I know that that has to do like to do with probably his behavior, and also like I'm sorry, I do not excuse any racism, anti-Semitism, you know, like fat phobia on having a particular mental health issue like and and he just continues and he's being used as a pawn because you see when when men that especially black and brown men who are being targeted by the republican party and the gop and their memes and their disinformation they're seeing kanye as this kind of hero oh yeah he's doing his his shit like like i have family members that are like yeah like who cares like people make mistakes we can't be in a mistake world no more and it's just he's being completely (laughs) used yeah, I literally one of my family members said that. I was like, "Mistake mm-hmm. world." What? what is that? Is that like sicko <laughs> mode or something? I was like, "Astro world." I was like, "Also, there's a lot of mistakes happening." You know, like climate change. We, we live there. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, "We're still living in the mistake uh, world." And so, yeah, it just, it just, it just is really. It's sad that he can't even see that he's being completely used as a pawn. Yeah, mm-hmm. I also read something about you know Kim that they had to act or like uh have extra security in their children's school cuz he posted the address of the school cuz you know in that whole like why doesn't my ki- why don't my right. kids go to my weird school Donda that's Academy. definitely yeah yeah why don't my kids go to that weird school that's has parkour classes and all this weird <laughs> shit uh, exactly not about at this any- dumb school and it's like do you know how crazy Kit Kardashian stands are that you told like Right. What school all those kids are at? Like, it's so scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems like anyone with the power to intervene has has not done so. And I don't know how much further it can. I can't really escalate. But the, the next step is is 
is terrifying. Yeah. It's like it's actually full on vi- like yeah, vi- exactly. like actual physical violence, and that's what's scary about it. It's like conti- this is escalated now since for me a lot of people say the beginning was like you know the slavery was a choice, but before that when mm-hmm. he was- we because his here's the thing about Kanye's fashion is like I actually think it's complete trash. It's like. Literally, he's like making, I mean, the whole like garbage chic is in for some reason in fashion world. And I don't understand it. It's like, yeah, thank you for making us poor people look, feel, feel <laughs> better about our papa selves. Um, but like the reality is, is that he started when his, when he started to say that the Confederate flag could be taken back yeah. and like, look, I'm down with I stuff that. reclaimed. Like the, you know, the, um, the, uh, the, the group, wow, now I can't, I forget their names. Like they claimed, uh, the young patriots that were in coalition with the Black Panthers had confederate flags on and people were like what are you doing they were like we're reclaiming the term rebel to be actually in solidarity with black people but that's not what he was doing he was just trying to be like joke confederacy yay fashion Mm -hmm. and it just completely has spiraled since then i mean that's kind of the point that you know you know the the vogue editor gabriella was saying was that like he thinks he's making all these points but he actually is just perpetuating violence and to to be subversive, you have to actually understand or have like this like basic humanity level that is just not there with Kanye. Yeah, um, and yeah, it, it's exactly. just really sad. But well, leave leave it to Kanye to make our current political environment look less toxic. <laughs> hey, American Fever Dream listeners, I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic. The next time you are searching for the perfect gift, now you can use gift mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone on any occasion. Now it's easier to find gifts made by independent sellers for all of the people in your life, like the pickleballers, I know plenty of those, the jazz fan, the artist, the pasta lover, whatever niche interest they have, you can find an incredible gift on Etsy. From 90s nostalgia and mixology to reality TV and gaming, there is something for everyone. There is so much pressure around gifting. I usually have a hard time thinking of gift ideas specifically for my dad, but my dad loves flying. He loves airplanes. He loves aviation, and he never gets sick of a cute little gift that has a reference to that. And the inventory for that on Etsy is incredible. I hope my dad lives for 200 years because I can get him a birthday present related to aviation or planes from Etsy for every single one of them, if not hundreds and hundreds of years more. There really is that much. A gifting moment is always around the corner, but whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you, Gift Mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now. We are very, we're Tuesday. What are we? We're like four weeks, three weeks away from midterms. It's it's here. It's happening. And uh, we wanted to chat to you again. We've been talking about these races a lot, but you know, now people, everybody's paying attention. There's a lot that's coming into focus. There's tons of debates this week. Last night was in Ohio. I'm really looking forward to Georgia on Friday. Um, <laughs> only debate for a Friday night that I actually feel like we can make a fun night of. Yes, we will be uh, developing a drinking game. <laughs> yeah. We will hand off to you, uh, Elise, if you can lie to me. But first, you know, we're going to talk about some of these races. But to start, can you kind of tell us first generally about the Working Families Party and what role you play in helping these candidates get elected. Yeah. So the Working Families Party is, I like to call it that we're trying to build kind of like like the first real political party in the United States um, that actually is, you know, run by 
working people. Um, so, but what we do is we, we are a political organization and I say we're a party with like a little P. So we're not a third spoiler party that we're putting out our own candidates. We do have some examples of that. Like here in Philadelphia, there is a loophole law that says some seats have to go to, for, to a minority party. And they usually were held by the GOP. So we kicked them out. And we have Working Families Party only candidates citywide in Philadelphia, Kendra Brooks, because she's amazing. So we use the laws as it is because we're not delusional about the two-party system. We're not trying to be spoilers. It exists. I cannot wait to Millie Rock on the graves of the Democrats and Republicans as <laughs> institutions because I really hope that we find a different political system. But we are in this right now. And what we do is we find, recruit, train, and elect the next generation of progressive candidates that stand for our issues. Like, you know, I mean, it should be more than $15, but a $15 minimum wage and a labor union. You know, we are pro-reproductive justice, um, pro-Green New Deal, and making sure that, like, people actually get retrained in their jobs because we need jobs for everyone in this country. Um, and, yeah, we just want to be, you know, a, multi, a multi-racial party for the working class. And, you know, my role in, as a director of strategy, I'm always thinking about, um, I, <laughs> um, I always say that I'm a clairvoyant for pol- political moments, nothing else. I wish I was <laughs> in my own life, but, you know, and so what I do is I try to see what like the sum of things are going on, right? Knowing that, you know, for instance, right now, a lot of people aren't talking about it, but this independent state legislator, um, you know, SCOTUS case is going to be huge if states can decide that they by their legislators that they can overturn election electoral votes like it's it's bad so just seeing things that are coming down because it's in the news but we're maybe it's not like at the top of everybody's minds what i do is try to best prepare us for those moments so like in 2020 i kind of knew there was going to be like a lot of people a lot of rhetoric around violence um, around polling places. So what we did was we did an election defenders program where with the movement for black lives and others. And we trained 14,000 people to be de-escalators outside of polling places. And then we had music with joy to the polls. So we had roving concerts across, like across the country where musicians were, and I got the idea from watching bad bunnies concert through New York. <laughs> yeah. Grand concourse. Yeah. Yeah. When he did that, I was like, we should do this at polling places. And people thought I was absolutely insane, but we did. Yeah, <laughs> and it was amazing. And we had folks like from Rick Ross to Lotto to all these folks participate with us. And that was because I knew like the temperature setting. So I basically try to check the temperature and see what is, is, is the next, the next set of things. So currently working on organizing housewives fans because the Republicans are really, really into organizing gamers and Reddit threads and these micro communities of fandoms. And we need to start doing that. And like, Democrats aren't going to do it. So we need to actually start to tap into fandoms, be authentic and show up as fans because I love me some Real Housewives, but also really get political with these folks. Definitely. Um, Before we sort of get into some of the individual races, since we're on the topic, what is some of, so you guys have some really exciting kind of Housewives politics intersection content like planned for this week. Tell us what you're doing. Yeah. Um, so I'm really, really excited. Uh, we are, we've like been like soft launching the Real Housewives of Politics for like months now, um, which is, you know, um, an Instagram and fandom page. And we started to do watch parties in Philadelphia. So we did a watch party for the premiere of Salt Lake City, did um, for the premiere of Potomac. We've had like 80 people come in and out of our events, which have been really great. And we're just telling people to go out and vote. And so for us, what we're doing this week is BravoCon. I'm really excited. It's my first BravoCon. 
Con. And we are doing a kickoff event where we're inviting, you know, podcasters, people who are like uh, very online in the housewives world to just see if people can get more political on this, right? Like not trying to be inauthentic to their base, but like tell people to go vote. That's really all you got to do at this point. We need turnout. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're going to be there and Yay. we're really, really excited. Yeah. I was yeah. telling, I was saying right before we got on, but I'm going to the kickoff event and then I'm going to see Titanic, which Great. is like some kind of drag comedy play based on Titanic. I don't know, oh, but it's going to be a whole Oh my God. Night. That's amazing. <laughs> that's amazing. I'm really Perfect night in the anarchist <laughs> jurisdiction. I mean, speaking of, you know, speaking of the landscape and the importance of voting, uh, we want to talk about a few races that you're focused on that you let us know about. So I want to start with Wisconsin, where we have Mandela Barnes running for Senate against Ron Johnson. So for brevity's sake, I'll do a quick side-by-side comparison. And then, Alina, you can kind of give us some analysis about where this race might be headed and yeah. what you're sort of seeing. Mandela Barnes is running a, a campaign really centered on abortion rights. Ron Johnson has said Biden raised gas prices so everyone would buy an electric car. Didn't Marjorie Taylor <laughs> Johnson, unrelated, say something about like, they're trying to make us all gay with these electric cars. Oh, yeah. Mar- Marjorie Taylor Greene said they're trying to feminize cars oh, or right. something. <laughs> and she was like, the roar of an engine. I'm like, you know, you can still drive fast with an electric car. They're actually faster than like you can. You, the, you can still zoom zoom in your so car. Clearly Wisconsin, that's you what don't... matters to you. <laughs> Wisconsin doesn't want anyone who agrees uh, with the Marjorie Taylor Greene on cars, electric so. <laughs> That's actually the feminizing. Some more. Mandela Barnes-led work on gun violence prevention in the Wisconsin State Senate at age 25, whereas Ron Johnson thinks gun violence happens because not enough people believe in Jesus. Mandela Barnes announced 55 solutions to tackle the climate crisis when he was lieutenant governor. Ron Johnson thinks climate change is just weather. He, He really struggles to distinguish these two. These are so dramatically different candidates to, you know, running to represent the same state, whose other senator is Tammy Baldwin, the first out member of the U.S. Senate. So I'm curious, Neely, what factors do you think are influencing this race the most right now? And what do you think is going to matter most in the next few weeks? Yeah, so, I mean... Three things are really are are really influencing this race. One is that Ron Johnson was obviously one of the the main insurrectionist uh, um, electeds. Like till this day, he stands by, even when other other um, electeds have like kind of moved back on where they were on January sixth. He to this day is just like it wasn't stolen. He literally yeah. said two weeks ago he was like it wasn't violent. Like now we know that sticks can be used for violence. And I'm sorry, I was a part of Occupy Wall Street. You cannot carry a stick in the city of New York. Like out of protest, you can't. You can't. That is literally a law. So this is how how much like um, that is. And abortion, Wisconsin on the books has one of the most archaic. I think it's from 1865 or something like it's some it's it's archaic. It's brutal. Like actually written out legislation on the books. So so we need Mandela Barnes and we need John Fetterman, Pennsylvania, which we can talk about later, to fix the Senate. The United States Senate, because, you know, there's um, these two senators named Kristen Sinema, Kirsten Sinema and Joe Manchin, who have been obstructionists, mm-hmm. who have been obstructionists to the Democratic agenda. And so, you know, and the, and the race is really tight right now. They are about one to two points away from each other. And so every single last vote is going to count. And I do think that people are going to come out around economic issues because it is the Midwest. It is the Rust Belt. Mm-hmm. And also 
issues, you know, issues around abortion. And remember, Wisconsin used to had the one of the last socialist like governor, like governors and mayors in the country. They had a socialist mayor in Milwaukee in 1977. So Wisconsin actually has a really left history. And hopefully, you know, Wisconsinites will come out and vote based on their history to build a better future. Well, especially because, and we'll talk about this, we'll, we'll do ne- Pennsylvania next, which is similar in this regard, like a lot of states has a really big, you know, gubernatorial race too, with yes. a lot at stake like that, yes. that, like that abortion law, like you said, Tony Evers, we've got to keep him, him in there. Mm-hmm. It's just so, it's just so interesting that like, they could, I, sh- I just don't understand how a state has both Ron Johnson and Tammy Baldwin. <laughs> It's so bizarre. But I mean, but look, like it USA. happened in Massachusetts for a while too, yeah. right? There I mean, was like, it's not the only example by far. Yeah, but it is. Those are very far in comparison <laughs> in across the country. You know, Wisconsin is now my my in laws are all from Wisconsin, so I have been I've been learning I've been learning about this the wonderful state of Wisconsin, <laughs> and I will say that like it is a place that does like. It loves a contradiction in that way. Yeah. Like when we were up north uh, over the summer over by the lakes, there would be like a place. We went to like a flea market and there was this one stand that had a bunch of um, like CBD crystals and then let's go Brandon merchandise. And that was- <laughs> that's very edifying. That like, says a lot. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what's going on here. They or might or vote for Ron Johnson. Like- totally. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. But I think that's how we get there a little bit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm Betch's co-founder, Jordana Abraham, and this episode is brought to you by Instacart. Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on, while she's sneezing, coughing, aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues to tea to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker of yours. So let's chat about Pennsylvania next. We've got Dr. Oz running against John Fetterman and race has become super known to the rest of the country, very mainstream. A little less known is the matchup between Democrat Josh Shapiro and Republican Doug Mastriano. Nalini, care to tell our listeners about Doug Mastriano? What's at stake here, <sighs> casually? Ooh. Ooh. So Doug Mastriano is probably the the most, I am in fear of him. Like out of every single, not just because I live in Pennsylvania now, I'm from originally New oh, York, gosh, but yes. adop- adopted Philadelphia as my new home because New York is getting expensive, y'all. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> just can't do it anymore. Um, and... Actually, when I think about when I really think about it, not just because I live here, like Doug Mastriano is this one of the scariest people who are up this year. But and Herschel Walker, like they're they're tied, but I, you know, every Pennsylvania people don't understand, right? You have Philly, you have Pittsburgh, you have like Allentown area, the Lehigh Valley, and then you have Appalachia, right? So it is very much an Appalachian state. People forget that like it is super working class. It has half Rust Belt, but also half Northeast. It's a it's a hodgepodge of things. And it's actually quite big. It has been a purple state for a really long time. And Doug Mastriano is somebody that literally said two weeks ago that he would charge women who get abortions with murder. If they're American citizens, he don't care about non-American citizens, by the way. He like slipped. He was like, you know, especially if they're, and then 
retracted um, because he knew that would not be good for um, for certain votes. But he is almost like they don't believe what they say, but they still say this dangerous stuff anyway. Yep. implement it when they get elected. And he was at January 6th. Not only was he at January 6th, he had his office um, send buses of people to the Capitol. So he literally sent, I think, about three to four. He paid for three to four buses with his office's money to go and you know, try to overthrow the elections of the United States. How Jenny Thomas of him? Yeah, no, he's like, and he's like a, you know, he has had Trump in town. Trump has been here a lot of weekends. They even are coming to Philadelphia. They're not scared of it, which is also pretty scary. Like Philly is, you know, Philly is gully as fuck. And like, you know, gully AF and like, you don't mess with Philly. And they were like, yep, we're going to mess with Philly. He's had uh, Ron DeSantis, who's one of his real buddies here. And I do think that he would be a major national political player if he is there because he is trying to reign in the way that Ron DeSantis is trying to reign, which is with an iron fist and really just kind of round them up style on anybody who doesn't dis- who agree with him. So we need to, Josh Shapira is the attorney general of the state currently. He's been elected statewide. He's not necessarily my favorite, but I'm going to take harm reduction right now (laughs) on the incarceration stuff. We do not necessarily agree, but I would definitely take harm reduction because the people forget that the state legislator is still ruled by Republicans. They have a supermajority in the state Senate. And so they will pass as soon as Mm -hmm. if he is elected, which I'm organizing to not, they will pass a full out ban on abortion and might pass a law considering it more murder. Yeah. And will definitely help whoever runs likely Trump steal the election if if Mastriano wins. So like I said, the Fetterman Oz race has been really satisfying to watch. And you know, Oz is still behind, I believe. But what do (laughs) any Pennsylvania voters like about Dr. Oz, like about the idea of of him as as their senator? Because I think we have to get like, sometimes I get a little bit like, it's very fun to laugh at, but we've done that before. And it's not like he's polling terribly. So like, what, what are the dynamics there that people should know about? I mean, I think that people, and yeah, I, I appreciate that question because I think people, yeah, we've we've laughed and like we're laughing at Herschel Walker and like he's giving out gas cards, like or his super PACs are giving out gas cards to people around the block, um, and people are lining up because gas is expensive right now. So you know, the thing about Dr. Oz, a couple things that I I have found that people like about him is one, people do like folks who are not career politicians. Fetterman has been a mayor. He is currently the lieutenant governor, right? And it's like, and he keeps going up, right? And so people actually really do like folks who are not career politicians. They do not, most people do not trust career politicians, rightfully so, because stuff hasn't really gotten better in a lot of ways, in especially the last decade, right? For real people's lives since the financial crisis, like stuff has not gotten materially better for us. Things have gotten more expensive and people are, are tired. People really, you know, it was, this, it was this great video of, of the lead singer of the Dropkick Murphys basically telling everybody, like, it was amazing. He was like, don't believe them. These are billionaires who have no interest in you, but people do... There is this weird, and I, I probably psychologists have wrote about this, and I'm not going to pretend to be one, but like there is this weird mental thing that happens where somebody is self-made, they represent working people more so than somebody who comes, you know what I mean? Like yeah. there is this we weird disconnect lot, where it's yeah. like they could be a billionaire or a millionaire and they could have a lot of resources and eight houses and live in God dang New Jersey. Um, <laughs> but, but people there's this like thing that happens where it's like oh well at least he's self-made like that's what happened when i was growing up in staten island there was like a you know nobody wanted to talk about it but they were like oh that's a working man even if they were 
really wealthy, this huge house on Toad Hill. Like, it was like, yeah, it's a working man. And I was like, I'm very confused. Yeah. <laughs> like, who is doing manual labor here? Because I don't see it. Yeah, it's like they say, like, you're much more likely to be on to be on food stamps or government assistance than to become a billionaire, statistically. Yeah, Yet there's still 100%. this weird identification with these, yeah. you know, self-made, which most of them had, you know, a bunch of privileges set up for them anyway. Yeah, yeah and also, I mean, we talk about it a lot where it's just like, People equate being poor or working class as bad and lazy, and people who are rich are yep. smart and good people. So it's like aspirational in terms of money, but it's also like, yeah, I want to listen to everything that this person has to say because they must know things, not they're ex- extremely lucky or, <clears throat> you know, yeah, Dr. Oz is self made, but he, you know, again, like went to put himself as a through medical school. <laughs> Yeah, he's like a surgeon, so he did something extremely hard, and then threw out his morals to do... I'm sure, like, any fucking surgeon could be, like, exploit poor people if they, like, lied about, you know, effectiveness of snake oil or whatever, you know, and, like, (laughs) made themselves, like, a baby brown or killed puppies to test it. Yeah, or killed puppies, hi. Yeah, but I think that's, like, the appeal, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 100%. And there's also the real thing that, like, unfortunately, you know, John Fetterman, I mean, you know, Fetterman had an incident, unfortunately, where he he, he miscalculated a judge. And we really, you know, called him out on that in the primary. But he he did chase down. And that black man it, did endorse him afterwards and said, look, we still need Democrats and all this stuff. But, you know, and Dr. Oz is taking advantage of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So we've talked about, you know, the two, not just two candidates who are great examples of how to fix the Senate. Let's talk about some House races that can help us keep the House. What are, Which races are you sort of really focused on and prioritizing and why? Yeah, so um, we are, so one of the races is here, it, well, in Pennsylvania, but literally across the state, is Summer Lee, um, who was a civil rights attorney and is in the state legislature. And her opponent is actually the person that she beat in the primary his name was like mike doyle and then her opponent's name is like mike doyle so they think that they're so it's basically yeah it's like literally two men same name but they were different sides of the party so it's literally just name recognition like she's not like it's just so close so and and she could represent pittsburgh and that can go to a republican that seat has not been a republican so we need to make sure that we're like summer lee that doyle is a different doyle (laughs) honest not the same doyle and so we definitely need to make sure you know we didn't we weren't expecting that but just you know it's true name recognition goes a long way and so we're looking at summer lee's race out there we are you know maxwell frost um we're super excited about him in florida he you know he's he would be the first gen z um you know elected to congress and he was also a gun rights activist after parkland um in florida um so we're really really excited about that and then two ones that are really are um who are i'm really excited about um, and really, really need folks' attention that we could pick up seats because they beat in their their prime, they beat their incumbents in the in the Democratic primaries. But Jamie McCloyd Skinner, she literally beat in an Oregon five. She beat one of the worst corporate Democrats incumbents, Kurt Schrader. He was like against any of Biden's kind of like he was basically the the House version of Joe Manchin. 
and she's she is she's a lesbian. She's like a woman that's fighting for like a pro climate agenda. She's actually a farmer. She's running against an anti abortion former mayor and one of the most closely watched races this cycle. So that's Jamie McQuaid Skinner. We're watching that, and then Michelle Vallejo. Um, um, born and raised in the RGV, everybody was talking about the Rio Grande Valley after because it was the first time in 2020 that it swung to um, Republican. Like it voted that in Texas has always been blue, and it swung um, to to Republican in 2020. Even though Biden won nationally, that area swung, and so it's really really important that we get her elected because she's she's born and raised there, comes from a working class family, and if we can show that we can build power in the RGV again, not just you know for progressive um, demands and for a progressive future, that would be a huge, huge, huge race to win. So yeah, we are, these are the races that we're looking at in the house across the country. Yeah, I'm. Thank you so much for talking about that summer Lee one because there's so many things that feels like we that feel so out of our control with gerrymandering and just voting dynamics, but just right. like making sure people know that simple thing that like, because we all, I think a lot of us maybe have some shame about, but we've all maybe been in the been in the voting booth and been like, oh shit, I didn't actually look that up and I don't know and I didn't see it on Instagram. Yeah. So like, 100%. Those, are the, those are the things you can kind of be messaging about. Thank you so, so much. Um, where can people learn more about all the work you're doing and Real Housewives of Politics? Yes, 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 yes. Um, you can follow Real Housewives of Politics at R-H-O-P-O-L um, on Instagram, on TikTok, on all, all, of the, all of the things. And you can also go to, let me just make sure I have the right, right link here. You can go and find out. We have like a ballot ready, all ready to go that has all the information. If you go to votewfpus.org. Um, votewfpus.org and you can literally put in your zip code well it'll get you your polling place it'll tell you who's on the ballot and who we've endorsed yeah and don't wait awesome. now's the time you never know how but you might get really busy you know when you like put something on early voting has started time. yeah exactly yeah. there are tons of voter registration deadlines tomorrow now's the time thank you so much for joining us Nalini we really appreciate it that was fun thanks y'all I really awesome. had a great time thank you Carrie take care we'll promote Thursday. this and tag Hey there, overwhelmed foodies. Are you drowning in a sea of meal kit options, feeling like you're in a bad dating game where every contestant looks the same, with the same fish picture? Fear not, because amidst the chaos, there's one shining star worth your culinary affection. Home Chef is not just another fish in the meal kit sea. They're the gourmet catch that you've been dreaming of. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes, conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. Whether you prefer classic meal kits with pre-portioned ingredients and easy instructions, speedy recipes ready in less than 30 minutes, oven-ready kits with pre-chopped ingredients, or quick microwave meals that assemble in minutes, Home Chef has you and the entire family covered for delicious meals without the hassle. Home Chef has over 30 options a week, and they serve a variety of dietary needs, so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it is economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. So for a limited time, Home Chef is offering our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash fever dream. That's homechef.com slash fever dream for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash fever dream. You must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Okay, Amanda. So you got married. I did. How I'm was so, it? You did your own flowers? Like, just talk to us. How how does it feel? It feels good. I'm I'm very glad it's over. But I don't <laughs> want that to sound bad. It was just, 
It was very, it was much more overwhelming than I thought. Mm. I'm really excited to like have the pictures to like kind of like, because I feel like a lot of yes. it just like, it doesn't actually go very fast. I actually felt like it took a very long time to go by. Like the day felt very, very long, but mm. everything honestly went pretty perfectly. There were like some little things that like nobody noticed went wrong, but um, yeah, yeah I'll say as a guest, I couldn't tell you and a single thing that I would have thought went wrong. Perfect. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. I had a blast. Um, I love your mom. Oh. <laughs> she's, she's listening. I'm, she'll appreciate that. She had a fun I'm time. I'm mom's biggest fan. And <laughs> I have to go ride a horse. I didn't know you had so many horses. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she, <laughs> she tells everybody that she has a farm. It's just cats, horses, and dogs, but it's a farm. That's a farm, baby. That's, That's farm. more than we got here. That is a farm. The funnest part about it for me was the fact that, like, had Mike's had Mike's life gone any other way, our wedding reception and the speeches about him would have sounded like a parole hearing. It was just, <laughs> oh yeah, my it God. was a roast of Mike. It uh, was yeah. for sure. It wasn't even a roast because some oh, in okay, a positive way speeches. from my yeah from my ceremony vows in which I forgot to make him any actual promises. Which yeah. I did do, which I did do later privately when I realized that I felt so bad. I was like, that was the one thing that was actually the worst thing that happened no. was that I did my vows really late. I did them in the morning and I just like, I was so nervous the morning of like shaking, like it was just, oh. I couldn't relax and I haven't had that kind of physical anxiety for a long time. It was really bumming me out. And then I think I was telling you guys there, I was just like, I'm really bad with uh, the fact that I feel any sort of bad sensation, I will get a spiral about it and make it so much worse than like the actual sensation. So I was just like bugging out that I was like a little, that I was a little hungover. Mm-hmm. Oh. But um, so that, so anyway, I felt bad that I forgot to make him any actual promises. I just talked about him. So I did that after privately. Oh, I thought it was really spe- like a cute speech about why you loved him, which I thought was really yeah, endearing and cute. There wasn't like, a, I promise I won't bother you during game day bullshit, but, oh, I yeah. no, no, think, no. but I still think it was very cute and endearing. I will say that, yes, other groom speeches <laughs> were, are like, I can't believe anybody settled down with this guy. He fucking sucks. And, but Mike's groom speeches were specifically... In 1995, <laughs> we committed this crime. No one, we vandalized <laughs> this abandoned house. No oh. one ever found out about it. You made me take the fall. LOL, happy wedding. Oh, and, if, and after, after during the dance floor yeah. part, because also everybody's speech was like, well, we all know Michael likes to argue. Yes. <laughs> Literally everybody's speech. That was his bachelor party, too. It was just yeah. like a debate-themed bachelor party. And I went up to him and I'm like, look, when I need a lawyer, if I didn't, if I had to hire a lawyer based on wedding speeches, I'd want the guy who's, who's like, everyone's like, this man loves to argue. And I'm like, you're on the team, Michael. Well, that's the thing about all of the speeches is that like, it's very funny because the friends that gave them and all this happened in high school, the friends that gave them had to coordinate like very strategically to number one, try not to reveal things that his parents didn't already know, which they were not <laughs> successful. They did not know that he like intentionally hydroplaned the car once and had to get all the wheels replaced. They thought it was just an accident. So that was a little. <laughs> and then like Mike's a lawyer and he takes that very seriously. And like you can't you can't really like 
once you become a lawyer, I think you talk about any time that that's happened and like everything. This was all when he was like young. But the the moral of all of his stories was that everything worked out fine for everybody. Mike found a solution <laughs> where, you know, law enforcement was maybe involved, but in a way that benefit everybody. Oh and my always, gosh. it always worked out. Like my favorite one was when he made one of his friends take the fall because he was the only one that didn't have an existing traffic violation. And it worked out. And also, it's also, it was also good of like, you know what? Like, every step of his life has led to like him being a lawyer in New York. <laughs> like, yeah. he could not, you know, have been like a cashier in some other place. Like, his whole mm-hmm. life is like New York. And lawyer. that led him to me. And led him to you. What a cute, it was so cute. But yes, I'm very, I'll talk about it all in a bride's episode, but everybody involved, our, the, the major person was our. Our planner, Evelyn, who came with the caterer that we hired because they were so great at Elise's wedding. She was amazing. Evelyn Carter. She just like, if, if anything, like I said, I don't think anything, nothing went wrong. My my grandpa missed a major part of the ceremony, but I was like, that's on him. Oh, <laughs> like, I, was like- I just was too nervous to wait. And it was like, it was like. It was on the line of almost too cold. That was the only thing. I was just too cold all day. Nobody else was cold. Everybody else was like in outside smoking joints all night on the terrace. <laughs> <laughs> just clusters of Who blunt rotations. Yeah, it that? was everybody. Just clusters of blunt rotations everywhere, which is really, I mean, my dream wedding, honestly. That's, That's all you want. want. Yeah. It was but. that perfect amount. What a great day. I'm excited to get the pictures and I'll post more and relive it because I think I, I blacked some of it out because I was in a 36 hour panic attack. But uh, but that's what I if, if there <laughs> that would be my main rec- my main recommendation to other brides is like everything went perfectly. And I don't know if I could have controlled this, like put in less effort, but I would have rather it been like 75 percent less successful if I could have been 25 percent less stressed. So like if you have things where you're like. You're going to want to just enjoy the day. So like, hmm. like I didn't have yeah. any time for myself. Like from the moment I got the flowers to the moment I sat down to get my hair and makeup done, like I had no time. I was just doing flowers and just decor. Like I couldn't like make sure I was eating well. I couldn't make sure I was working out. Like I had to skip a few events. And like if I could go back, I would just like actually, actually make that time. However, the flowers looked amazing. The flowers looked amazing. The flowers did look amazing. I'm really oh, impressed. Thank you. If you need flowers uh, for your wedding, I will not be doing them. I never want to see a flower again. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm very, very, very glad you guys came. I heard, Millie, you broke the news to one of Mike's friends that we had a podcast. So, Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, he was like, how do you know Amanda? And I'm like, well, we had Amanda on the podcast. He's like, really? And it's like, yeah. So it's like, oh, so you guys like, it was, t- it was very funny because he's like, I could have written the thing where he's like, oh, me and my friends get together and like we get, we talk, we should record our podcast. And I'm like, our podcast is really successful. He's like, so how do you guys make money? And I'm like, we have really great listeners who like, share, and subscribe and leave great comments mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and use and use <laughs> discount code SUP on everything that we promote. Yes. Uh, Betches SUP, not because there's another podcast called Sexy and Unique Podcast. Oh, really? That's also SUP. I just listened to it and I'm like, damn. Oh, well, man. we are sexy and unique too. Yes. But then he was like, oh, and I'm like, he's like, so you guys talk every week? And I'm like, we go every day. And he's like, whoa, and people listening to you? <laughs> yes. The day before, he asked me if I was a lawyer. So, you know what? Obviously, he doesn't listen to the podcast, but if he does, he's, if he was ever going to, he might be listening today. So he, he ran away from me because he got scared because I stopped. I gave him a look and he just like kind of ran away. <laughs> 
<laughs> there was a lot of, you know, it's one of those things where it's like in today's world, a lot of people are a little famous. So like there were a lot of people that were like, oh, my God, your vows are great. Are you you should like, you know, write for a living. And I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, just, oh, just, look at my, just look at my LinkedIn one time. But yes, that was a miraculous moment. I look forward to recapping with all of my friends to hear if there were any other moments for the books. But um, thank you for everyone for your support. Thank you guys both for coming. You were it really was so a, a nice rock to lead on when I felt overwhelmed. It was perfect. That is our show. Until the end of democracy, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Elise Morales. I'm Millie Tamaris. And this is the Betches Up Podcast. Bye. The Betches Up Podcast is produced by Amanda Duberman, Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales-Pico, and Rebecca Sousmacat. Editing by Rebecca Sousmacat. Social media by Amanda Duberman and Bridget Swartz. Be sure to follow at Betches underscore sup on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send us your emails at suppod at betches.com. Betches.